And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. At Seven Fifty-Five is Real, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project Seventy, celebrating seventy years of Tops baseball cards. We got a uh, special guest for today. Uh, Eric is out again. He, you know, his wife had their third boy on Saturday. So Eric will be back with us next week. But right now he's obviously doing uh, uh, other duties uh, with, with her, with settling in with the, with the third son. So Louis, Louis or Louis. We got a special guest, though, from within the National League East. We're honored to have Maria Torres with us, a Nationals beat writer for The Athletic. So we're going to talk NL East, Nats Braves rivalry per se, uh, her time covering the Angels and some other stuff. Uh, let's let's do this. Welcome, Maria. Thank you for having me. You got let's, let's first of all let's let's take care of the background. You got an unusual background in a way. You, you're from Puerto Rico, but you went to the University of Georgia and grew up here, basically, right? How'd that happen? Yeah. So um, I was born in Puerto Rico. I didn't really spend much of my early life there at all. Um, my parents moved to. The United States, like soon after my younger sister was born, um, so we pretty much lived in the United States my whole life. I moved to to Georgia when I was in sixth sixth grade. So I mean, Georgia's definitely home. I grew up in Stockbridge, uh-huh. so just south of Atlanta, and um, Jason Hayward. Ended up getting a, yeah, exactly. That's right. I didn't. I didn't get to see him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw first time I ever saw him play was that opening day at Turner Field. So did you tell him uh, you were from Stockbridge? I've never met him. Oh, okay. Well, you yeah. got an end with Jason Hayward. <laughs> There's somebody yeah. else from Stockbridge. The Braves have a, have another guy from oh uh, yep. one of their top prospects, Michael That's Harris. Right. That's right. It's from I didn't get to see him play in high school. That was after I was covering high schools in that area. Yeah, he's rising quickly too. He's a stud. Um, say so, and just so you ended up going to University of Georgia. I did the Grady yeah, School uh, of Journalism. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Very proud. Um, I, I went to Georgia, studied at Grady was in the marching band uh, for three years there. Um, so really definitely got into to college football at that point. You know, you kind of have to you if you're in have the marching to, yeah. band. <laughs> you kind of have to. And if you to. go to Georgia. Do you, exactly. do, uh, do you wear a UGA gear up in D.C.? Go dogs? No, actually, I I do have a couple of like old T-shirts that I wear around, but, you know, with like some logos on them. Yeah. But I haven't really, have, you know, since I've just moved up here, it hasn't been college football season yet. So yeah. there's been no reason yeah. yet to really – pull out the the georgia logos but they'll be coming soon <laughs> the northeast is certainly and well you lived in california so that was i guess pretty much just the northeast is unique in that it's such a pro sports market isn't it especially when you get up to new york i mean college football just is it's, it's, it pales next to uh, pro sports up there which is the total reversal down here it's really funny like there actually have been moments where i've seen like georgia logos out in the wild here and i've said like go dogs and you know walk past people but yeah. Never gotten a response. I don't know if maybe I just haven't like projected my voice well enough or like maybe it just doesn't like register. Or not real yeah, fans. So far I failed. Yeah. If they... There was one time I was walking around Boston and wearing a like a Georgia sweatshirt. Yeah. And I walked by and someone yelled, go dogs at me. And I was like, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I like that when I'm wearing something Kansas and I hear somebody say rock chalk. I'm like, there you go. You know, I like that. <laughs> you get that when you walk through an airport or something. It's pretty cool. Um. So this is your first season covering the Nationals. You covered the Angels for a couple of years for the LA Times, right? That's right. Yep. I uh, just started here in February, but before that, I, I spent two plus like a month of the previous season uh, covering the Angels. What was it like coming back to the uh, heat and humidity of the East Coast and uh, close? Oh to the- man! <laughs> <laughs> I bet you that forgot how lovely it was, huh? I'm living out in LA. Oh my goodness! Yeah, especially because most of the time when I came back to to Georgia, it was you know in the in the winter time. It was beautiful. So it's beautiful. Like yeah. Really, yeah, I didn't really have to worry about that. Um, so definitely once the, the heat and humidity and the pollen hit, oh my God. it was just like, oh, it started, it just 
brought back all the memories and you know knocked me out too because i was always bad with pollen in the springtime and oh atlanta is no there's no place worse than atlanta i mean with our trees man and the yellow you try you try to explain to people because i've lived in a lot of places around the country and everybody has their pollen and their i said not like atlanta and georgia though where you cut where you can wash your car and literally four hours later it's covered in yellow it looks like popcorn salt or, you know, like <laughs> topping. It's that. That's right. And then if it gets wet, it turns green. I mean, it's and the the it runs down the roads. So the side, yep. like uh, the 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 drainage on the side of the roads, it's like a stream of yellow. It looks like paint. People are like, they just it, it, you can't comprehend how bad the. And I didn't have allergies when I was a kid, but now I get when the pollen hits, I'm like Claritin D, man. Go to the store, <laughs> please give me Claritin D. <laughs> But There's not enough in the world right now. No, there was so a couple of weeks ago when it hit again here. I don't know what happened, but it hit again. I went to the CVS to get some Claritin D, and she did the sweeping motion with her arm to show me the two shelves behind the count where they keep the Claritin D, you know, prescription and the and the generic version of it, all gone, all of it. Oh. I had to go to a grocery store across the street, and they had it at their pharmacy, thankfully. But when you got it, when you need it, you need it. The regular Claritin won't do it, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> for sure but what was so so what was uh what was your two years like covering the angels and and specifically is mike trout kind of a tough nut to get to crack as far as uh you know getting to know him or is he a little is he a little better with the beat writers as he's around all the time or is it mike trout superstar well you know i wouldn't say he's just he like acts like a superstar it's just more like he just i think what you see is exactly what he is yeah i think there's just yeah and I just, I don't know if he just isn't willing to talk about a lot of things or like it just isn't willing to really put himself out there like that. Or maybe he just, yeah, you know, maybe that's it. I, I that's, know the type. That's all we got. I know the type. Yeah. You feel but fortunate like, when you have a superstar that is willing to open up about things to show his personality. Right. Exactly. He's, I mean, he's super nice and was always like willing to stop for beat writers when they needed something. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't frequently in the clubhouse when we were there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, we could only talk to Mike Trout so many times, I guess, yeah. over Zoom after a while, too. Like, there's only so much you can get. Yeah, he seems like a, a really a really nice guy and, and always has a smile and all that, but really boring. I mean, just bland. He just seems bland. He seems like I'm I'm the greatest player in the world, and I'm, I, but he's not arrogant. He's not cocky, yeah. doesn't seem like, but he's just boring. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like... Yeah, he's... There's, it's probably not a bad thing to be if you're, like, the right, Angels, right? And right. you're, like... You know, you want your superstars to yeah. be, like, all in line. Um, but, yeah, he is definitely – I mean, he seems like he's very funny, like, just from right. watching him interact. Like, with, with the guys, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, like, he, the he one was of the one boys. that he – Right, and he was one who would – I remember, like, spring training, like, before everything was shut down last year, he had, like, this little, like, rubber snake that he was running around the clubhouse with and, like, scaring people. Yeah. With. So he would do, like, his little, like, hijinks and stuff. But, you know, as far as – as far as the interview goes, like, he was pretty, you know – Pretty bland. He's probably he's like when he leaves and goes home in the off season. He's probably like into avant garde films, and <laughs> you probably don't know anything <laughs> about his personality. He probably keeps it all to himself. There might be this really interesting guy there, you know. But you know, actually, I'm I'm really I really don't think. Yeah, I don't think much. so either. I'm just I I think like he he actually he's you can see a lot from his off season like journeys. Like yeah, he would go, to the, go hunting with uh yeah. with uh what's the Phillies? I mean not the Phillies. Um the Philadelphia quarterback. Um, yeah. Or he goes to I can't a, remember his name. He goes to an yeah, Eagles he, game. He goes to, yeah. like he, is, he is what he is. He's a jock he, and uh, a really nice guy. He, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he seems like really fun to be around. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what about Shohei Atani? Is, is, uh, is he just so big, you know, and surrounded by so many Japanese media and all that, that you really don't get any kind of time to... Uh, yeah. And does he speak much English at all? Can you have a conversation with him, you know, and just, uh, or, or is it really kind of limited? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, I had like one season really around him mm-hmm. to, to kind of try to interview, but like he never did any one-on-ones with, I don't think he ever did any one-on-ones period, mm-hmm. but definitely not with like the English media. Like you would hear him, like he could definitely communicate with his teammates and his coaches. Right. Um, I would imagine that in the last year or so, he's probably become even more proficient at the language. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, for the most part, he's, uh, you know, relies on, on Japanese for sure. I mean, he has a, his translator yeah. there for, for everything. Um, but yeah, he's the, the, 
just the amount of people that followed yeah. him around is just kind of like insane. Yeah. Like I like the first spring training I was there, like he was uh, I think that was right after he had like his um Tommy John surgery. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of there were it, like the the Japanese reporters like camped out over to the side of like one of the right. um like one of the entrances to the stadium just like using all their like lenses and right. stuff and like getting pictures of them coming into the parking lot and like following him around like around every single field um it's 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 like a crush of people um and even you know even last year with covid there were still mm-hmm. and like absolutely no access mm-hmm. to anybody um there were still a good number of like Japanese reporters who would show up to every game and were in the club in the in sorry in the press box and yeah i mean it's it's it is pretty incredible just i mean you understand especially after watching yeah. watching what he's done this year like how important he is to to the Japanese people but it's just like it's hard to wrap your mind around just how many people Pe- cover one guy Pe- people don't understand how different it is for the Japanese players that come over here who they chronicle them like they're the president or they're like a, a, a you know the biggest movie star in the world they chronicle their every movement it's like if a guy Gets in the game to pinch hit. Oh, that's a big story. But if he doesn't even get in the game, they're still writing something about what he did that day. And they're wait- that's what they're focused on. That guy. Like every Japanese player that comes over here has at least a couple of reporters that follow him. Because they have a lot of dailies over there and online and all that. But everybody. And so I can only imagine Otani must have had dozens, right? I mean, he probably... Probably at the, probably at the peak, definitely. Oh, gosh. Like those, um, those like spring training... Like scrums, they were they were rows yeah. deep. It felt like I mean it was just it was a good thing that like the the smaller the the, the English media probably was loved so much it. smaller. <laughs> it's like yes, take the attention yeah. away. I don't want to yeah. be in that. Yeah, the it was it was it was nuts. I mean, there were maybe like I would say maybe like ten ten yeah. English English reporters when when Otani would talk, but they just kind of clear out right. <laughs> like that right. comes into it. It's just another crush for, for poor Otani there. I mean, as long he as he handles it well though, as long as Ichiro was here, he still had a, a, this cadre of reporters following him around and chronicling his every movement. I mean, even when he's close to close to 40 years old, they're chronicling everything he did. So, yeah. and he never spoke English, even though he could speak English, he was never right. comfortable doing his interviews in English. He wanted to com- continue to do them. And, and, and I don't blame him. I'd probably be the same way if I was in another country playing, you know, because I don't even speak Spanish. And I was married to a Colombian woman for six years, you know. So, so I, <laughs> yeah, I'm the last person that's ever going to complain about a reporter not learning English because my lazy yeah. ass couldn't even learn Spanish. And I lived, I was married to someone, you know. It's hard, especially as you get older. You know, when you're 13, mm-hmm. 12, 10 years old, you can learn a language like that. But when you get right. to 25, it's tw- exponentially harder and then when you get to be my age it's like oh my god i might as well read you know try to memorize war and peace it's not gonna happen (laughs) so i don't blame those guys when especially coming over here young guys you know that learns that don't learn english they're taking the classes but that's on top of trying to 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 uh, earn a spot on a 40-man roster and all the pressures and trying to just like to live daily in a foreign culture you know and learn the language and enough to order food and that kind of thing so it's, Assimilation is not easy. No, no, not at all, man. So I, when I hear people complain about it, this guy should learn English. I'm like, just shut up, man. Unless you speak two <laughs> languages yourself, just shut up. So right. anyway, um, I, I wanted to ask about this unique relationship there is between the Angels and the Dodgers. They're so close, the proximity. The Angels have had Mike Trout, the greatest player in the, in, in the world for you know a dec- for a generation, basically. They've had Otani now who's arguably the most talented player in the world. They had Pujols, who was the greatest player of the previous decade. They had them all on the same team. Yet, yep. when you get north of Anaheim or so, I still see, I don't see one-fifth as many Angels hats, jerseys, as I see Dodgers gear. It's, the Dodgers are always going to be just so much bigger than them out there in Southern California, right? Yep, it definitely is kind of shocking. You know, I, I actually, so I lived in Los Angeles when I was covering the Angels, so I you know, drive, drove down like I five all the time. Oh boy! And it was like a yeah, the time maybe, like, that, a couple. Didn't you? Oh man! <laughs> yeah, the time that. Wow. Oh man! Yeah, I finally figured out a trick. At one point, it was like, okay, if I really want to get to the gym that day, I should just go to the gym like near the stadium instead, yeah. as opposed to trying to go out, yeah. go up in, in L.A. because it just the time was awful. Um, but yeah, so there was. Um, I'm trying to. I wish I remember the exact like exit, but there are a couple of exits away outside of the city where you do start to see like angels billboards yeah. come up, and they and they can be in different languages too, which I think is cool. Like they do English and Spanish up there. 
but I just there's no yeah there's just no competing with the Dodgers. I mean, there there really isn't, especially when you don't have a team that's competitive enough right. to to be up there in there in the in the L.A. County um, mind space. Yeah, I mean, you have to win if you want to if yeah. you want to get the attention, and they just don't. Yeah, and you have to win for a while too. I mean, the Dodgers that's went right. through a bad period with McCord owning them, where they were you know kind of dregs and they weren't drawing nearly as many. But they were still wildly popular. It's still their hats are kind of like Yankee hats. You still they're just everywhere, yep. you know. And they're so big in the Latin community up there too. I mean, the Dodgers are just huge with the Hispanic yeah. population out there. Um, I, it's even more of a Bigfoot situation than it is with Yankees and the Mets. I mean, I see more Mets stuff in in New York than I see like Angel stuff in L.A. by far. I mean, it's and the yeah. Yankees are the biggest team in the world, but the Mets still have a so bigger hard. dent in their local market than the Angels do. It probably doesn't help just how big geographically yes, the area is. So spread out. But I mean, like you know, I I know that's that that was part of why you know team owner Arnie Moreno was like, we have to be the L.A. Angels. We can't be the L.A. Angels yeah. of Anaheim or the yeah. Anaheim Angels or anything like that. They were like, we gotta yeah. we gotta break into the market somehow. I don't know if it works. If it worked, I would love to see like how that changed the books for them. Yeah. Like if that was like a massive difference. Um, but. Well, for a while, it was just a, they, they made a mockery of themselves because everybody just mocked it, calling them the and the T-shirts that were there were some great shirts up in L.A. about that. But, yeah, it didn't help, too, that their gear has been so boring for so long, you know, compared to the Dodger stuff, the iconic L.A. The, the, the Angel stuff is never like, meh, it's just one of those. I don't know. It's hard to differentiate, I guess, when you have when you're red and white, too. No, that's right. It's, it's a lot of red and white. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of red and white. Yeah. It's I like I like it. I think it's a pretty crisp look, but I understand how it, it looks a lot better now than it did. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Like all the plus all the blue stuff that they used to have and Yeah. Yeah. I got one of the Angels hats <laughs> got the halo on the top. You know, we'll have Oh, that, like the big like the big A one? Yeah, it had it had yeah. the halo sewed into it. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Um That's cool. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. Hey Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get direct TV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream direct TV over the internet now. Oh sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream direct TV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECT-TV. Terms or restrictions apply. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokers Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. So, you go to the Nationals in a year that's been kind of uh, unusual for them. Obviously, this was not what they had in mind going. What, when you, when they were, is it fair to say at spring training they thought they could they would compete for the National League East title? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that they probably thought they weren't quite up there, mm-hmm. but you, at least with the starting pitching, right. definitely right. they thought they could compete. I mean, you had Scherzer coming back, Strasburg healthy. Uh, Patrick Corbin question mark but you know still still Patrick Corbin mm-hmm. you would think like he could rebound from one bad year um, but the rest of the rotation was still I mean they could they could have a little bit of hope you know bringing in John Lester veteran champion you know has a lot of playoff history right um, then filling out the fifth spot in the rotation was a little that, that fifth spot was the most questionable of it all um, but then come to find out like two weeks into the season, uh, Strasburg's another question mark yeah. again, because he comes out and he has a shoulder issue. Yeah. Um, you know, a month and a half after that, he comes out against the Braves and leaves after the first inning or in the first inning and, um, doesn't ever return to the mound in a major league game or even in a minor league game. He doesn't return in a, in a competitive game, um, and has surgery. Corbin, just hasn't been good he you know he's had he's shown a couple of flashes um for a couple of stretches like sometimes two or three starts he'll look pretty decent um but his slider just isn't what it used to be for someone yeah yeah i mean for a guy who relies on on his slider it just yeah he hasn't had it um and then of course you know scherzer was doing his normal scherzer thing and the whole team collapses around him 
um, after Kyle Schwarber gets hurt in at the end of at the beginning of July. Um, so there was, and now Scherzer's gone. Yeah. So like there's just yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bleak. Yeah, it's pretty bleak. <laughs> That's got to be odd, man. For the mid when a team I have it's been a while since I covered. I can't even remember when I covered a team. I, I covered the Marlins back in the day when they blew up a World Series champion and traded everybody in the offseason. So it was already you went into spring training knowing they were going to suck. In fact, Jim Leland told us off the record that I can say it now. It's all these years later, but he said the day before spring training ended, because they had '97, they won the World Series, right? They traded almost everybody in the offseason because Wayne Heisinger was so pissed that people didn't respond by filling up his stadium. Little did he know, he'd already made up his mind before they even made their playoff run. And they tried to beg with him and said, don't do it. He'd already decided he was going to trade everybody in the offseason. They're like, just give it a chance because the tennis is going to spike next year if we get all the way to the World Series, which they wanted. But he'd already made up his mind. So he's traded all these guys that were under really team-friendly contracts, too. They would have, There's no doubt in my mind they, they could have won two or three World Series with that team. These guys weren't signed long-term. but So anyway, the next year, they've traded everybody. They're bringing up guys that belong in, in high A or double A that are in the rotation. I mean, guys pulling up, bringing up guys like Dempster way before they belonged in the major leagues. And, uh, and Jim Leland told us the day before spring training ended, he said, this is off the record, right? There's not going to be any damn book, right? No. No, Jim's good. We are going to get slaughtered. And, we're like, and we laugh. We laugh. And he goes, I'm serious. I'm serious. This may be the worst pitching staff ever assembled. Oh, my God. And they did. They went from World yeah. Series champions to 54 and 108. Exactly 54 and 108. And they traded the what the, the guys they couldn't move in the offseason, they traded them like in April and May, and the last of them, like the Sheffields and all these guys, and they finally got deal like Sheffield. They traded a bunch of them to the Dodgers. And uh, that's when we had Piazza for five days with the Marlins. Oh, that's <laughs> We had Mike Piazza for five games. Yeah. And, Before he went to New York, right? Yep. How was that? Yep. So anyway, um, but I've never covered a team – that kind of fell apart in the middle of the year and they decided to become sellers. So that has to be yeah. the atmosphere in the, in the, in the, uh, in the ballpark has to really be different. Right. I mean, the energy oh, yeah. and all that, you know, it was funny the day of the trade deadline where everything was finalized, it was actually a pretty decent crowd. And, you know, I'm guessing because like tickets have been sold forever already. Right. right. Um, but it, that, that day was actually kind of cool because um, the nationals did, did win although they were playing like a, a Cubs team that had also just been disassembled so yeah. uh yeah. we kind of expected it almost but you know it was it was still cool to see this just the fans behind all of the the new guys I mean there was a couple of chants like up you know if the press box is really high um yeah. there's like seating right really underneath high. the press box <laughs> unbelievably high uh, yeah um, there's like seating right underneath and you could hear like the fans Whenever they would, a new guy would come out, they would start chanting, let's go, new guy. <laughs> and after a couple of days, yeah, after like the, later in the homestand, um, they started actually using the new guys' names. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, like after that series against the Cubs, it was just like, I mean, it's been ghost town. Yeah. Granted, I think it was, uh, I'm trying to remember what team came in. That was only two weeks ago, but I really can't remember <laughs> who they were playing. It wasn't memorable. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But it was just such a sparse crowd yeah. at that point. It was just like, oof. So everybody's ready for the it Washington was... football team at this point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would imagine so. You know what? I think it was actually against the Phillies. It was a pretty, it was a pretty sparse yeah. crowd against the Phillies. Um, yeah, and it is um, it's different. I also want to ask, what about Trey Turner? Uh, what's, what's that dude like? Because he just ravaged the Braves. I mean, he was their biggest nemesis, arguably, for five years. I mean, just phenomenal player against the Braves. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's pretty phenomenal just against yeah, everybody. He can um, fly, dude. God. Oh my God. Have you like seen like the? That's live. That's amazing. Dodgers? Like I can watch that, that thing live. on a loop and go. It's amazing. <laughs> like, how, how do you do that? And and he said that he's done that his whole life, but. I don't know if I've seen him. I haven't do seen that with him do Nationals. that because we'd see it on clips if he'd done it before. Right, like Where that wouldn't have been the first time. It was like he was on ice, you know? There was nothing that even slowed him. He just got mm-hmm. impi- it was amazing. I it was one of the yeah. that was one of the coolest things I've seen in baseball in a long time because we so, always see his home runs, you know, and great plays, but you see the same plays. That you don't see, you know? No. It's got to be a guy that's fast as hell to begin with. He's got to be pretty light, I think, to be able to do that and nimble. And yeah. then the way he went around it just like and then the way he reacted which was, oh, okay, do it all the time. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> no big deal. No, that was no, cool. Nothing, no, nothing off my back. Yeah, it's it's insane. But, you know, I didn't really get to know him as a person. Um, he didn't really, like, engage much, like, yeah. a, like on, on one-on-ones or anything like that. Um, but he did seem pretty cool. He was kind of – he was he seemed 
you know, he seemed like very likable. Yeah. Um, you know, you know how like players will like fool around when like when they're like stre- getting their like their yeah. arms stretched out and all that. Um, like he would he would try to throw changeups to to his throwing partners and like do yeah. like, random stuff like that. Um, uh, he was just just pretty like clean. Yeah. You know, just a good good defender. Um. He yeah he he was he was fun to watch. I mean, it was especially coming off of watching like trout for, yeah. for a couple of years and um and all that it was good to like you know see i mean not also i mean I, there was anderson simmons for, for me oh to my god there in, in la too simba which, man we saw simba at his absolute best i mean he's still mm-hmm. great out there but we saw him when he's coming different. up uh hands down eric and I, eric and i talk about this all the time hands down the greatest defensive infielder i've ever seen and yeah. i would say i mean him and andrew jones i got the pleasure of covering andrew jones for a lot of years too mm-hmm. Those two, to me, stand above everybody defensive that I've ever, not just covered, but that I've ever seen. I mean, those two, yeah. Andrelton does things that you're like, holy shit, man. He's just, how do you do the things you do? He was, he's one of those guys you pay, at least when he was here, that he's worth paying to see play defense, you know? Doesn't yeah. matter what he did offensively. He would do something almost every night defensively that no other shortstop could do, or at least they would rarely do. Right. I mean, he's just so good. And he had a cannon for an arm, too, on top of mm-hmm. being the instincts that you just don't teach. I mean, the instincts were just amazing. But, yeah, I miss I miss seeing that guy play, man, Simba. Yeah. Um, What about Juan Soto? How's he taking all this? Has he been, you know, is he down about this? Is he like, this isn't what I bargained for? Or how's he handling it? Can you tell? You know, I know he's yeah, been hurt I mean, a little bit. Right. He, has, he was hurt over the weekend, so he didn't get to play. Um, And, uh you know, he, I, I talked to him for a story and he, you know, he was saying that like, you know, he, he did feel a little bit of pressure when the, when the trades all went down and he, and they told him like, Hey, you know, this is your team now. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's Thanks like, a lot. I don't want that. I mean, like, right. Exactly. Like he's 22. Like yeah. it shouldn't be his team. Yeah. Yet. Um, so he did feel a little bit of pressure, but he said he kind of like readjusted his mindset. Just was like, Hey, um, just got to go out there and do play the game that you know how to play. And, you know, play to win and control what you can control, you know, the same like cliche stuff, yeah. but it seems to, I mean, it seems to, to have worked. I mean, he's, um, he's back to being his like normal, like goofy self. I can't say for a fact that he wasn't acting his normal goofy self because, you know, I wasn't in the clubhouse. I right. didn't see any of that stuff, but, um, and actually that first weekend, uh, after the trade deadline, he came out for BP maybe one day that I noticed and I, yeah. I mean, he just, you know, he just seemed, he seemed okay. I don't know. I can't really say yeah, yeah. if he felt like if he was outwardly like down, but um, yeah, I mean, the last few days, I mean, he seemed, he seemed normal. Is he doing he's all his normal. normal stuff in the box? Or, or is yeah, it hard to do I, that if the team's not that good? <laughs> you know, I would, I, I haven't noticed it. Right. Because um, it seems like some of that would be out of place in like boring games when the team's not that good, you know? I mean, I right. love seeing Actually, him do it, but it's better in a charged-up atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to have to keep an eye on that, though. And I'll let you know if he does do it. The because... slide and the grabbing the crotch right. and all that and squats right. down. I mean, it's like, <laughs> this guy's dramatic, man. I love watching it. But It's so fun. But in it's a so boring fun. game, a, a meaningless game, it would be like, okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> yeah, like in the playoffs, it's awesome to see him do it. Oh, my God. Right, yeah. It's so a shame you don't get to see him and Acuna play each other more because those two together on the same field it's like they feed off each other and they love each other they're like best friends they became best friends over in japan and uh they almost like try to one-up each other you know they're congratulating each other but then they're out in the field it's like the seeing the two of them uh, better oh yeah and the two of them are just so incredibly talented but um do you think it's a fait accompli that uh soto leaves as a free agent with a as a boris guy or is there a chance that they could sign him to an extension before that they've already tried to sign him to an extension, or is that not really? Yeah. They haven't really tried yet. There's no um, sense trying unless you're making a real offer with Boris. I mean, <laughs> I mean the bar's been kind of set with Tatis, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's like right, and with Trout. Or Trout, yeah. I know he's not a middle yeah. infielder, but uh, still, Boris is going to point to those guys and point to Soto's accomplishments and go. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess they have to decide. Heads and shoulders above. I guess they have to decide: Are we going to build around him and pay him? You know far more than we're going to pay other guys because that's what it's going yeah. to take to sign him as a Boris guy. Right. I think it's going to, it'll be really interesting. I mean, he's got so three more years before he hits free agency. Um, 
you know, Rizzo, general manager, has been on three more know, after has, this. Three more after mm-hmm. this, correct? And Rizzo like referred to that term as a long term like contract. So I guess you, I mean, technically, I guess you can look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, fan, fans really, aren't fans aren't buying that shit. No, no <laughs> six that's years. Long, that's long a long term contract. We've had it for yeah, six no. years. <laughs> Fifteen. <laughs> You're looking at ten plus. Like that's yeah. That's what a long term contract is. But yeah, so. You know, they've said that in the immediate future, they want to build around Juan Soto. I don't know what that means for, like, the franchise's future. Like, the way that he phrased it, phrased that in particular, makes me think, like, maybe this actually isn't a real, like, full-on rebuild. It was a Mm -hmm. one-year type thing, and they're going to really try to be competitive next year. I don't know how competitive they'll be able to be, um, especially if they're still – I'm not not super clear on the the financial part of the Scherzer deal. Yeah, that's a um, complicated one, man. Yeah, I think they still will owe something on that. Um, but that's still a contract less on your on your budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've still got to pay Strasburg and Corbin um, and whatever Soto's going to make through arbitration. Um, but everybody else behind him right now is pretty young and on, like, pretty light contracts. So yeah. you could, you could like, build um, a pretty, like, substantial team if you want to. Um, so... Uh, whether or not he stays long term, like beyond his three, yeah. his his three plus seasons, yeah, I just don't know. Riz- it's hard to say. Rizzo must look it's at so a, at Acuna's contract and go, "Oh God, if only, like, <laughs> if only I had thought the same thing." <laughs> I mean, Acuna is just going to be a steal. You know, at, mm. at the peak, he's going to make like seventeen million for for four or five years in a row. And there's literally, I mean, at that point, he could be the best, one of the best two or three players in the game. You know, he's already that talented. He could right. be one of the best two or three players in the game making literally one third of what some other guys are making. Oh, yeah. Now, Tatis really doesn't kick in until the last four or so years of that deal. Yeah, it's so backloaded. Yeah, so he's not going to, so that's a good thing for the Braves. So his, his salary is not ever going to dwarf Acuna's. Because Cunha's is going to run yeah. out the contract is before Tatis is making a huge money, so. Right. But it's still going to be. It could be awkward at time. It could become awkward in a few years if Cunha's, you know, clearly one of the best two or three players in the game, and the other equivalent guys are making thirty to forty million a year, and he's making you know seventeen. So, but we'll see. Yeah. Those at are that good point, do they good go problems. Back to the table? <laughs> yeah, those are good problems to have. You know. Absolutely. Uh, we couldn't believe it. It's not the problem the Nationals have with the Soto, that's for sure. Yeah, and they've got Ozzy <laughs> Albies, and they've got Ozzy Albies, and even even more team friendly. His is ridiculously team friendly. I mean, so is Acuna's, but the two of them together. Yes. And um, so, did Strasburg build up enough goodwill with that incredible postseason run he had that it still carries over with the fan base? In other words, they don't throw him under the bus for all these injuries that he has and not not being out there because he you parlayed know, that can't... into a hell of a deal. No, sure did. Um, you know, when I look at like comments on Twitter and, and yeah. our, our website, um, there are definitely lots of people who are annoyed that he got that contract. But then they also remember that the other end of that was either they Nationals pay Strasburg or they pay Anthony Rendon. And he's been hurt. Too. Both, and both of them yeah. have been unproductive for both of their teams. Yeah, it's amazing, so, isn't it? I mean, I I think if I were if I were in those shoes, I would have. Signed Strasburg too. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough call. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough call. It, he was so good that postseason that you thought it looked like he had turned a corner in his career. That he was past yeah. all the little nagging stuff, and that he was going to be the guy, the next Scherzer, the guy you'd build around yep. for. You know, and then it didn't take long before here come the injuries again. Right, it's he had been pretty steady, like leading up to that year too. I mean, in terms of yeah, you know, I'm sure he hit the IL for a couple of things, but not for nothing any, major like, surgery. Right. Yeah, um, so he made a good chunk of starts that he was supposed to make mm-hmm. these last two years have just been uh, they've just been so bad like he just hasn't gotten on the mound enough right. to even know if he was good yeah. like, like he had a couple of bad starts this year um had a couple of bad outings last year but like those are all injury related right coming so, back from an injury so you or you just about to go on the il or yeah yeah, that's like you tough. don't even know if he actually if the talent is still there, and now he's having a surgery or he had a surgery that's career altering for most players. Thoracic, undergo it. thoracic, thoracic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Fulton I mean, look at Matt Harvey. <laughs> yeah, Fulton. Oh Avich yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Did he have the rib removed? That thing? Yeah, part of the. Yeah, I think that's a. It, yeah, I think it's that yeah. version of the of the right, surgery. Right. Yeah, I, we haven't talked to him. He haven't. We haven't talked to him since. Before he made that start in Atlanta. Wow. 
Yeah, so Thanks. it's hard to know. Man, yeah, that's a no, tough he's, contract. He's, he's elusive. That, yeah, that contract on the books. You're looking at that if you're a GM going, Jesus, man. Can we get a break here? Yeah. No, for real. And again, bringing it back to Corbin, like, he needs to step up. Yeah. They, I mean, they can't trade. I mean, that's the funny thing is, like, fans will, like, be like, oh, we'll just trade Patrick Corbin. You can't yeah, trade Patrick uh, no, Corbin. Yeah, we get that all the time. Trade Will Smith. Come on. Uh, trade Will Smith. He's got a $13 million salary, and if they trade him, it's because he's not doing the job. But who do you think is going to pick that up? And people are not realistic about that. Trade the no, guys you don't really want aren't. with the big salaries. It doesn't work that way. Oh, what if you just eat the money? You don't. I mean, yeah, you don't eat. You might as well let him pitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, DFA Will Smith. You know, after he blows the save last night, DFA him. Well, you're paying him 13 million next year. Why would you DFA him? You're gonna at least use him in a lesser role. I mean, and he's and he had converted. You know, 22 out of 24 saves before he blew two of the last three. So right. Yeah. The Braves have got some contracts too, not nearly as many as the Nationals, of nearly as big, but they've got some rough ones. They got. Uh... Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see in the NL East? This thing's becoming the three-team race that we thought it would be. I think it's a two-team race. I think the Mets are are, are going to drop out of the picture pretty quick, but we'll see. I mean, yep. they still got. I, I just think without Degrom, they're a different animal, and I don't yeah. think they have the culture to get through this and stick together and get through bad stretches. It seems like they're coming mm-hmm. apart there, like they have so many times. And the Phillies are playing really well. And they got the, the Phillies have the softest schedule in baseball. Literally, the lowest winning percentage of their remaining opponents. Braves is pretty right. soft, but nothing like the Phillies. Braves still have to go out to L.A., out to San Francisco, mm-hmm. out to San Diego. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've still Are they got, doing all that in one trip? No, two of those in one like trip. Yeah, two of those in one trip. Yeah, so they still yeah, got Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, it, it's going to be a good race, I think, to the end. I... I I like the Braves because I think they got the guys. They just got Darno back. They get Enoa back. They're going to get Ian Anderson back. Um, they're getting healthy and they're putting it together at the right time. Yeah. I like the Braves because I see them every day and I know what they. They've never thought they were out of it, but the Phillies look pretty damn good. I mean, and Bryce they Harper have. is playing like Bryce Harper again, and they, the top mm-hmm. of the rotation bullpen's a little better than it was for sure. I don't know. They're flawed teams in the division, but there's two of them now that are playing pretty well, playing up to their right. capabilities. Right, exactly. The Mets are just, I mean, maybe they'll get healthy sooner than we, we expect them to, but, like, even then, where's DeGrom and all that? Yeah. Like I, yeah. That's always been the thing with it with them. Like, if you can't have DeGrom on the field, like, you're, what's, I mean, it just seems, like, impossible. Like, yeah. it, like the odds are he's impossible just, if you don't have He's him. just, he pitches every fifth day, but it's still, it's so much bigger than that, you know? I mean, the, the bullpen can rest on the day he pitches. They yep. can count, they can guarantee almost he's going to have a dominant start. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. uh. He's he's just so big for he's as big as for them as a starting pitcher can be I think um, yeah and then Lindor I I I was I thought the Braves should have gone hard after Lindor I thought he's the last guy this has been the biggest surprise to me individually this year is Lindor's performance mm-hmm. I know he's playing a little better before he got hurt but Lindor to me was one of the best ten players in baseball when he's with Cleveland yeah. all around players so. You know, it's 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 been said so many times, a lot of people dismiss it or poo-poo it, but there are some people that can thrive in New York, others can't, and some that take a while to get used to it. And he's obviously either can't or it's going to take a while to get used to it. I think it's the latter. But mm-hmm. it's just a different animal being in New York. And he gets booed there. He got From booed. Cleveland. He got booed there pretty quick, you know. He's never going to get booed in Cleveland, you know. Mm-hmm. He got booed there pretty quick. That's got to be a jolt for a guy. You sign a huge contract, you're going to be somewhere for a while, and you're getting booed. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I mean, and to, to bring it back to the Phillies, too, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, I don't know. It just feels like Bryce Harper is always, like, able to do something. Like, there's something he can do, whether it's in the field or it's, like, with his bat. He's just been – he's been a pretty, like, steady, like, MVP candidate yeah. this year for them. Yeah, this year um, he has been. He's back to being Bryce Harper. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like he disappeared for a little while, mm-hmm. but – Maybe he just like recharged or something, or he signed that big contract and mad. became just yeah. and became just a very good player, but not like a player that has one of the biggest contracts in the history of the game. You know, it was the biggest yeah. at the time, yeah. but now exactly. he's playing like himself again. Um, yeah, and it seems to invigorate that team. Yeah, it really does. And they got some good players, man. They got a good lineup. Yeah, it's it's really they're and a good manager too. They're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. A lot better than they have. Although you know, Mike Rizzo called him a con artist. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> I got in. Uh, he walked it back. He walked it back. I got in my my Uber driver in Philly after the, after the Braves beat the Phillies one night. I get I get in my Uber and uh, the Phillies had were looked like they were coming apart at the time. And the guy said said that that uh, 
he should be fired, Girardi, and that uh, Boone should be fired. He can't believe that both haven't been fired with the Yankees. I mean, it's the first thing he was talking about this is Girardi. I can't believe you haven't been fired yet, man. Those are rough markets. Those are different, those are different markets. I, I had never been to Philadelphia until uh, right before the trade deadline. Um, <laughs> and I just, I couldn't believe it. I can't remember who it was they were booing, but I was just like, wait, what? It's real. It's not exaggerated. <laughs> They don't. No, it's not. They are. They do not give. Man, you got to perform there, and if you don't, they will let you know it, and they will let you know. Oh, it, it was quickly. their starter. Yeah. Oh yeah, it they'll boo. Starter. They'll boo he their starter. Up. It don't matter who it is. They'll boo him off the when he comes off the field. He's getting booed. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's so funny. You don't get that here. Like the Braves starter can give up five runs, and if he's getting taken out of the fourth inning, he'll get a smattering of applause. You know, whatever you know, or he'll give up four runs in an inning, and then get a nice, have a nice play to get third out, and he'll get an ovation coming off the field. He just get four runs in an inning. You know, it's uh, too polite. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I'm polite too. St. <laughs> Louis is the ultimate in that. St. Louis is the ultimate. That's why I was shocked when they were uh, when they were booing. Uh, the other day when the Braves played them and their, their, their starter just got rocked and they were booing him. And I was like, wow, that's like to get booed in St. Louis. You got to really be doing something, man, on the home team. So anyway, so, uh, Hey, Puerto Rico is Puerto Rico still is baseball still the biggest sport there. I know basketball got really, it's gotten big over the decades, but is it, is baseball still the King there? Like it is same Venezuela or Dominican. Yeah, I think baseball is definitely still the king, but like you said, like basketball is huge, volleyball is huge yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I think baseball is still is still the the sport of the island. Is it? Um, are they have the winter ball still? They still are they try to bring that league back. It's just a few reduced, years ago. right? I know it was it was tough because of um, you know of the hurricane and yeah, everything and that COVID it took out. And, and COVID. Then they reduced the league size to like four or like five like it was a weird it was a very small number of teams last year that were competing um it's just you know the problem that they have is that they don't pay players the way that the dominican and venezuelan leagues do or even mexico um so like you know you know i've talked to players who are like yeah i just don't play back home because Mm -hmm. can't can't make money there (laughs) can't make more money in the dominican than than i would over there so it used to be a big league like when i first started doing this i'm talking about you know 20 some years ago, I went down there because the Marlins teams would send their top prospects to, to play for teams down in Puerto Rican winter league. And the Marlins okay. send their guys down to play at Ponce. Is that Ponce, Ponce down there or Ponce? Ponce. Ponce. Yeah, you did it right. Ponce. And uh, so I had land in San Juan and then rented a car and drove over the mountains. It was beautiful and drove over to mm-hmm. Ponce. And they had this artificial, old school, artificial turf, little stadium down, mm-hmm. multi-purpose looking stadium. And, and, uh, you know, from outside, you're like, oh, this is kind of dingy. You get in there, and the place was electric. This was back when their winter <laughs> – it was like Venezuela is now. They were selling yeah. mixed drinks on top of the dugouts. They had bars, portable bars, and girls oh, dancing. Yeah. And it was it was, it was was awesome. And they had uh, – outside, so cool. people are selling ribs and meat and everything outside on, on carts and drinks everywhere, you know, mixed drinks. And it was, it was pretty cool. And bands That's were playing cool. and all this. So I'm, I'm there covering a couple of Marlins prospects. And for the other team, I couldn't – and this was the time when Robbie Alomar was the biggest second baseman in baseball. Robbie Alomar's playing for the other team in winter ball game. And I'm going, holy shit. And, they, and they're like, yeah, a lot of the Puerto Rican guys come down and play, at least for like the second half of the season or whatever. That was back right. – you know, like Venezuelan players used to do it a lot too. You don't see it anymore with all the troubles they've had in Venezuela. But Puerto Rican, they, they, Alomar used to go down and play. Javi Lopez used to go down and play in winter ball. So – just different That's vibe. So cool. It was cool back then. Yeah, I still haven't made it to a winter ball game. I'm, I'm or winter league game. I'm really excited. I'm hoping that this this winter I'll be able to get to the Dominican and, and go to a couple. Yeah, of that I, I want to go down. That would so be really fun. cool. Yeah, that would and be cool. I, it's like I could just you know see it on TV. It just seems so deep. Like, it's like <laughs> a playoff atmosphere, part of it. but with more music and everything. You know, it's yeah. live music like on the field. <laughs> um, <laughs> that. Uh, but there was a lot. There were probably I don't know six, seven, eight teams in the Puerto Rican League back then. I mean, there were like two stadiums yeah. right there in, in uh, San Juan, yeah. and one of them, Hiram Beer. What is Hiram? Hiram yeah. yeah, that was where the Marlins played a couple of regular season series. Right. So I went back down there and covered those too. So um, that was pretty cool. But the, the the winter ball, the winter league games were winter ball games were cool. But and traveling around that little island. It was gorgeous, man. It's so easy to get around. Oh, too. God, I mean, yeah. The roads aren't great, but it's a small enough place. Yeah. It's really easy to get around. Yeah, yeah. You don't realize how small it is, so you get there and you're driving around. So, 
old San Juan, the whole thing. It was cool. Yeah. And you didn't even need a passport back then. Well, you don't now, but. You don't. No, yeah. I didn't have one then. <laughs> <You> just... <laughs> but I had to get one after to cover from Montreal anyway, so. Oh, that's right. That was back in the day. Oh, yeah. So that's when you would have gone to the, the San Juan Stadium once the games at the Marlins, right? When the when the Expos were there? Uh, yep. Yep. That's what you went? No, no. no. Uh, when they were the Mar- the Marlins played there. The Marlins played a series there. I don't know what it was. Uh, what it was for. It was at a time when they were trying to get a new stadium built, maybe, or whatever. Mm. They just scheduled a series there a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, hassle-free. Yeah, it was like between traveling there and going to Montreal three times a year back in the day, that was... The East was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Montreal was a great trip. That was before 9-11. So it was easy. It was just as easy as going to an American city, basically. You know, the, the uh, customs was like, boom, like that. And once you're, Can't even imagine and you're in Montreal, it's like you're in a European city. You know, it was, it was so cool. awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. I wish, I hope they get a team again there. It's a great That'd city. Awesome. It's a great city. It really is. So Toronto feels like an American city. Montreal feels like a European city. It's totally okay. different. The architecture, the obviously the French, you know, they speak both languages anywhere you go. But uh. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Anyway, okay, well, I'm sorry your first season with the Nationals has been what it's been because <laughs> they did have some really good seasons there. Britt had got got all the good ones. Got to cover she all the did, good I ones. They were... It turns out that I am maybe the common denominator here. <laughs> so the Angels were pretty bad while I was there. Bad things happened to them while I was there. Same well, thing happened in Kansas City when I covered the Royals. Oh, man. You got to. <laughs> I don't know. Were you then right behind the World Series then with the Royals? I, was, I came in right behind okay. the World Series, yeah. Well, and I started covering them in 17, but, you know, I, I moved to Kansas City in 2016, so I was there for the collapse. Well, you don't know how relieved I was last year when the Braves finally won, not one, but two postseason series, because, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't even want to tell anybody <laughs> the record that I had, because I cover the 97 Marlins World Series team in my second uh, year on the beat, right? Oh, wow. Third year on the beat. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Man, I can't wait to do this again, right? They win the World Series and all that, 97. I did not cover a winning postseason series again until last year. Think about that. And this is a break. I came to the Braves in 2002, right? They're la- yeah. they, 2001, they won a postseason series. That was the end of the run where they, you know, they always won at least one, you know, or, or got to the postseason and usually got second or third round. But starting in 2002, I came in the middle of the season. They had not won a postseason series almost two decades. It's a long, yeah. long time to go. So I didn't want to tell anybody that. Since <laughs> it was you. <laughs> it wasn't the team. Yeah. That's a long time between posters and series, man. I was like Dan Marino went to the world, went to the Super Bowl like his rookie year and thought, you know, it's got, they lost it. Now nah, we'll get plenty more chances. He never went back. You know, I felt like that covering a World Series championship team in 97. 
(laughs) (laughs) Writing a game seven winning story. Back when deadlines were like, uh, you know, one in the morning. What a time. I can't imagine that. That's not been my experience. Oh, man. Regular season. Although now that we work here, I mean, it's yeah, different. Yeah, different. Thank God. But yeah, <laughs> the last couple of years at the AJC when I was working here, man, the deadlines were so early. It's like you didn't even have any, you didn't even try to get night games in. But yeah. back in the day, our first deadlines, first deadlines were like 11, 1130. And we could write game stories and update with quotes and all that. I'm talking about like it. And, and back when I was at the Sun Sentinel down there at till like one one thirty in the morning, we're right adding stuff, you know. I got we got a no hitter. AJ Burnett threw a no hitter in San Diego. I got it in like the majority of papers. It ended like what? A, yeah, no hitter. I, I called I That's called amazing. them in like the sixth inning. Told them I said, just so you know, I know he's probably not gonna make it because he's already walked like six guys. But AJ <laughs> Burnett has not allowed a, a hit, and they're like, okay, we'll we'll hold the we'll hold just for a while. Just let us know when he gives up a hit or whatever. And they uh, could hold it. And like up to that point, we're like eating popcorn because we're not going to get, you know, our stories are not going to make, you know, the, 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 uh, deadlines and all that. So then he starts, like he gets to the sixth or seventh inning. All of a sudden he starts clicking off these outs and we're like, holy shit, man. And, and, and you're like, Oh, you're writing like banshees, you know? (laughs) And he walked nine guys, hit a guy and threw a no hitter in like 130 pitches, 129, 30 pitches. It was a crazy. That's it. I'll never see it. That could have been worse. It might have been 130 some. I think it was like 130 pitches. But on that, I'll. I saw Randy Johnson's perfect game. I covered that, and I and I covered AJ Burnett's nine walk, one hit batter, no hitter, and then four uh, four other no hitters that were all the extremes in between. But those were, uh, it was the craziest thing you'll ever see. Uh, AJ Burnett nine walks and a hit batter, and he threw a no hitter. It was it was phenomenal. He had That's so amazing. much traffic. He had like two batters, two runners on base. Every inning, if not three. <laughs> That's insane. How long was that game? Surprisingly, not as long as you'd think. He worked yeah. quick, and I don't know, he must have got a lot of lot of early contact on the guys that didn't walk or strike out, you know? But anyway, so. All right. Yeah, that was at the old San Diego Stadium, back in the old deadline days. And, <laughs> and, and it's great because you see those things, those framed uh, newspaper those hanging in places, you know, like no hitters. So they still have that one hanging at, uh, at the new Marlins stadium. I'm like, oh, thank God cool. for late deadlines because yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't have got that. Otherwise no. it would have been like the, a picture, a huge picture and a little blurb of what occurred. Right. Or I would have had some <laughs> crappy lead, you know, that I like tried rushed in. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, listen, we really appreciate you coming on here and talking with us yeah. about, uh, all things, uh, angels, nationals and everything else. So, yeah. And, uh, Thank you for having me on. I've I'll, had a lot of fun. I'll see you up there tomorrow. I'm coming up. Sounds Ah, oh, perfect. I'll, I'll see you then. I wasn't thinking the atmosphere was going to be quite what it is, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe with the Braves in town, it'll be kind of... Yeah, there'll different. still be some anti-Braves people there. And, and there'll be a lot of Braves <laughs> fans there, too. There are a lot of them that live up there. It's kind of crazy. That's the one thing that I've kind of, like, that's been shocking. Although it makes sense because it's Washington, but, like... Right. There, like every people weekend, from everywhere. A whole bunch of... Yeah, there's just a whole bunch of yeah. fans from other teams. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. All right. Thanks, Maria. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, 755 is real, and we are out.